Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Art Blog Radio. I'm your host for today, Whit Lopez. I'm super excited to be sitting in the gallery at 40th Street Air, which is located at 40th and Chestnut. And I'm excited to be here with Brujo de la Mancha, who is a local artist who's doing really, really amazing work. When I first saw Brujo's work, I actually saw it here at 40th Street Airs Gallery, which is the reason why I decided to interview Brujo here. So welcome to the show, Brujo. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here with you. <laughs> Absolutely. So Brujo, what kind of art do you get into? Well, I'm a multidisciplinarian, self-taught artist. Whatever I put my hands on, maybe I can create something. At uh, the beginning of my artistic life in Mexico, uh, when I used to travel, I used to find natural objects and create some type or something. Like, for example, one time I found a fish bone on the beach, then I boil it down, I roll it, and I make air plugs. Like, Oh, know, nice. Dial it and, like, you know, make different things on, to the bone. So it looks, like, very artistic, very tribal, but it was an air plug. So, and here in Philadelphia, I came to, with the same idea, but recycling objects, computer parts and found trash, things to make some type of sculptures. Coming from the Mexican tradition of the alebrijes, uh, but this is, like, recycled parts with paper mache creating some type of creature or something. And yeah, I mean, drawing, painting, sometimes film. I have making a couple documentaries about native people in Philadelphia. Wonderful. Uh, I do radio too on Philly Camp. Um, so yeah, of course, you know, sometimes living as an artist is difficult. So uh, it's not to be forced, but sometimes yeah, I, have, I have to do other side jobs. Uh, you know, regular people do, so whatever, but yeah, I have been there, you know, site construction, house painter, a uh, couple times in a restaurant maybe, and other side, little handiworks that pop up. But now I am a lead t-shirt artist uh, here down the block at 36 and Market. At the nice. uh, Science Elementary Academic uh, Middle School. Nice. Yeah, nice. so in the lead t-shirt we incorporate some art. Uh, I know that, they, you know, even I have to guess these contractors that are the special artists like I used to do before, but now I have a little bit more part-time, full-time, all year there, Monday to Friday. So, yeah, it all depends, but ours is like <laughs> what it comes to myself. So, yeah, performing too, as you say it. And not just the neighbor Aztec dance. I have been performing other theater pieces here in Philly. On, uh, I was an extra at uh, the uh, this TV show called uh, Investigation Crime. I was oh, a Los cool, Angeles cool. Police Department translator <laughs> officer. That's so cool. <laughs> I was uh, in the documentary of Philadelphia, The Great Experiment, too. So, yeah, all well, depends, you know. I mean, cooking, too. I make some vegan tamales as I came here in Philadelphia, too. Sorry, as yeah. I come to Philadelphia. Yeah, so, yeah. That's really nice. Thank That's you. awesome. That's awesome. So you mentioned performance, uh, so you've been on TV, TV yes. shows, so what else, when, when you think about your performance practice, like what, what does it entail? Well, I am very improvising person, I try to put some things here and there, or I read a little bit what it should be, but rehearsal sometimes depends, like long time ago, like 15 years ago, we make a uh, puppeteer show at the University of the Arts about ecology and everything. Oh, nice. And I nice. was contacted by this person to be part of the thing, and I put the idea of the shamanistic point of view and the four shamans representing the four elements of the corner mm. and trash, ecology, 
So that was like acting in a theater, and it was some type of improvisation, but the same thing was, this is part one, this is part two, this is part three. When I went to the TV thing, it was just like, yeah, you are the Los Angeles police translator officer? Yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> Even somebody asked me, oh, they sent you from California to check out, like if I wasn't a consultant or something, I said, no. So I just walk into the scene, it's happening as whatever they say in English, it's like, lo sentimos mucho. <laughs> so yeah, it was just right away and it happened. And I used to do side shows too. Oh, nice. I, I love this, side shows. <laughs> I talked to this guy and he said, Brujo, the first time I met you, you have a pink diaper. Sure, yeah, that was me. <laughs> a pink diaper? <laughs> it was a side show. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like a lone baby sitting down on the nail of bed. Uh, nail bed? Like, no. Mm. Yeah, you know, like the classic thing when the people lie down. Yeah, but I was sitting. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I was sitting like meditating, but I was a baby, an older baby gotcha. with a pink diaper. <laughs> That's amazing. A clown, something like that, you know. And also, when I came to Philadelphia, I was uh, one of those of the Sparrow Q Puppet Theater uh, beginners people working with Maddie Boy and other things about the day of the day. That Philadelphia. So the Day of the Dead tradition too has been in Philadelphia for so long. I did not really start it, I want to say like that, but yeah, I was one of those other main persons who came. And same thing with the Aztec dancers, I was one of those other main persons who started something too. And with the radio too, Radio Volta, Prometheus Radio, and it progressed to other groups. So that's why I'm the radio too. I was in Radio Volta when I came to Philadelphia like 20 years ago. Oh, so wow. all depends, like, what I want to talk about, I was, I was learned something, but I have been a teaching artist too for like 15 years here, a little bit more than that, really. Maybe like 18 years teaching wow. here and there. And as you saw me here, I was a curator here at this gallery. Yeah. It just was not just my show, my artwork, but I invite other, I call it mixed neighbor artists because, you know, yeah. a lot of people is mixed and sometimes it's hard for them to identify with something. Yeah. So it's like, okay, let's make a show about who you are as an artist, but you're also neighbor and you are mixed. Like in myself, I'm mestizo, you know, I mean, I'm not just a hundred percent neighbor. There's some more people in Philadelphia, of course they are. So it was like, let's create this show, you know, because it's found in outlets and like, like, as I tell you today, I, 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 in a day, the people is people, and you have to understand everybody is different. So yeah. I have to come with my own ideas because my own experience. And to me, if it benefit others, benefit me. If it benefit me, benefit others. That's how I cannot behave. Mm. So that's uh, the reason I get a little introduced to different things we are expecting sometimes because I behave on the idea about karma, even not come from the neighbor point of view. But mm. we will have another way of saying something, you know, that whatever you put on the ground, the seed, that's the fruit you get. Yeah. So. It's true. It's yeah. true. No, definitely. So, can you talk a little bit about that show that you did, uh, the Mixed Native folks? Yeah, I mean, I contact different people that I know, and other people can come al al along, or, or, um, you know, and yeah, so the idea was to get this background of people. Uh, in Philadelphia, they make different type of arts. And of course, some of these people, sometimes they have a very small opportunity. Someone work on a new artist too. Uh, but it was, of course, was in November with the indigenous celebration in Philadelphia, the month, the heritage month and all that. And as the forestry artists and resident ask you to uh, share something with the community, invite oh, definitely, definitely. people, you know. So that was one of those of the projects uh, to host these two shows we did have here for two years. 
and for people to have experience and everything and you know who knows you never know what could happen right like now too uh talking about that it's gonna be the night year there's the philadelphia indigenous day celebration yeah that's it's coming up soon and October. there are three celebrations now oh wow <laughs> we that's start amazing. from one now we have three so what I tried to do with the show did not work too much because it's, made, it's different art, different artists. So that's yeah. why I could know like it will be asked to these artists next year and you to have a different piece or something. Sometimes the people doesn't work like that. Other yeah. people do other things. Like I have this local neighbor woman live here for almost thirty something years too. She's not from here, from Philadelphia, but she's neighbor from USA and she made dolls. Nice. So nice. her dolls represent something. It's not like I'm just going to make a doll because maybe it's going to sell it. No. Yeah. Or whatever. She says she goes through the experience and make a doll, and it has that other connection with the you know the background, the traditions she holds, all that kind of stuff. And it was also a guy that just experiment with coding metal, and he has like a weird stars, things like that. But he never mm. really. He was a musician. He was on the movement for some time, but he was getting older. He died like a year ago too. Oh, so I usually he died too one week after two years ago from the indigenous celebration. He played a guitar. He was an artist, a little bit, you know, musician sort of. Mm. So he played and like a week later. I called it. I called it, and then you know the police responded. I said, Look, "What happened?" And I said, "No, sorry, it's my friend." I said, "Okay, he's dead." Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. So you know, sometimes it's, it's it's just because we never know when the time will come and people like I used to teach ceramic for 18 years in Philadelphia to senior centers. They changed director. I was fired. I don't know why. There's many oh. reasons I could say why, but sometimes. You have to assume the people is different. Oh, yeah, all. yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> and, but yeah, so shows are my. The thing is, like, I'm an outside artist, and sometimes to have shows, you have to be like a little institutional nice yeah. artist. Yeah. And it comes the contradiction of what is art and why you make art. Yeah. And so for me, it's like, okay, I see that you make art. You may cannot really explain it the way they want you to explain it in a school, but I'm not just come and make a show. Yeah. So as an outside artist, I try to pluck another outside artist. So, yeah. Yeah. No, and and I definitely appreciate that. I definitely appreciate that. I think that that's a wonderful way to get other folks uh, to have the experience of the, of the arts. You know, to be connected in that way to other artists who are also art, outsider artists. So no, I appreciate that about your your practice, your art practice. Uh, so what are you getting into now? Like what? I mean, since I saw your show at 40th Street, how many years ago was that? Maybe. Four? Five almost. Five? Around five. It was 2014, 15, something like that. Yeah. Four, four and a half, five, something like that. So what are you getting into now? Well, as I was saying before, I just got this job of being a lead teacher artist in this after school program. So that's going to be for the whole school year, Monday to Fridays. I take a chunk of my time, but of course, we need money <laughs> as an artist. And I'm going to be teaching yeah, some true. art projects. And I'm going to be a different job than before. I used to be the guest artist. Now I yeah. have to welcome the guest artists and prepare the kids and everything else. It's like a new chapter. I never did that in my life. It's wonderful. Mm. I tried to create art uh, but I was in the process of trying to and I still try to figure out how I can really establish my migration situation in USA wow. even I was trying to migrate to Canada which is too complicated uh, 
if you're on the loop a little bit on the limbo or no call 100% documents, let's not call it documented because everybody who's born from the last 150 years is documented. Exactly, you have, you have documents of somewhere, right, right. Because you don't have the right to be in such country exactly. to work and to exactly. do the things you have to do. Right. So I tried right. to finish that process, right? So it has been difficult. In Canada, uh, it looks like there's a little bit um, class, no, I can't really put the words, but they choose people according to the economical they make before. Oh, uh, yeah, classes. So yeah. they have the, the rule of what you need, but you have yeah. to show what you make before. And if you don't make what they think you are enough to be there as an artist, as a uh, generic application for our personal, you know, business entrepreneur and things like that, and arts fall in that. But it's like, you know, as a contractor, as a teaching artist, if you get more than three jobs in the week, you are lucky. Yeah, absolutely. and then you have to move a lot. Yeah, and then if you want to create art, because they ask you what is your work samples, what is your things to teach, they don't understand. In the teaching artists, we get asked more things than anybody else in the education yeah. system. Absolutely. Like now they what I I teaching, uh, it was just about my experience and how I manage kids and everything else like that. But they never told me. Let me see your artwork, what you did before, no anything. Really? In other places, like I have working before, even reapply to some places that have working before. But because I was leaving, it never happened. I lost some type of rights there or whatever, mm. and I reapplying in these places, and they don't respond back. But I had to do to the same process. How many images of the work I did before, or my students did before, and everything else. And, oh and some God. places are like. And of course, you go to the background, check background and all that, I, I'm able to do it, but um, the idea of being a teaching artist uh, is complicated. Absolutely. And they mind you, a lot of other time that people don't take in consideration from, I mean, the non-for-profits yeah. may know, but of course, I mean, I was lucky in 2006, a long time ago, I was an inter at the Pennsylvania Council on the Arts and Arts Management Internship. Oh, nice. So I learned all the background of this, how non-for-profits should manage about yeah. arts and education and all that. So that's what I have been getting some uh, contradictions or some situations with some non-for-profits here. Because I know how the things maybe should be, and of course, it's not the only way, but they cannot, sorry, like, just tell me everything is going to be okay when I know. Because when you're a beginner, you, when you're a beginner, you will listen and do whatever they ask you because exactly. you want to know and learn. Right, right. But after you learn, that's my other situation now. Yeah, and an artist, people love me as an artist, thank you very much. But they're still struggling, like, with everybody else. I mean, if I don't do this job now that lead teach artists, yeah. I don't know how many other jobs I will have after the school program or teaching art or something yeah. like that. And now, and always, when an institution establishes something, it's so difficult for the community artists to do something again. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of uh, institutions now, they are institutionalizing Mexican festivals, which is true. Yeah. And I don't want to say it again, I was one of those other persons who started again, but it's very difficult for me to work again with that groups because they institu institutionalize things. Mm. And they put sometimes some rules that's like, really? Like, I live here for 20 years. I, right. I don't understand it. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, no, it, that's real. That's real. It's real. Yeah. And if you want to work with the community, that's that's what you have to know. That exactly. it's not just like sometimes they will give you the job, but because they also not you other weak weaker points of situation. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's the problem as an artist, you know. And I have been struggling with that and other things. So. I, I try to create art, try to have my radio show, there's three Indigenous Day celebration, of course. People have uh, the right to do everything and express. 
I was contacted by the City Hall of Philadelphia and they asked me if I would do again the festival. Sure, uh, they are supporting me. So in some way, somehow I have my history and connected. Yeah. But still, you know, as people said, the struggle is real. Yes, it is. <laughs> it definitely is. It definitely is. There's, um, there's an exhibition coming out in New York, actually, this month. It's called The Extraordinary. And it's, it's all artists who aren't from the U.S., but the, the premise of the exhibition is that all of these artists need a visa in order to be artists. But then in order to get a visa, they have to prove that they're good enough to get the visa as an artist, right? Like, and, and the reason why they're using the word the extraordinary is because part of the a visa requirement is that you be extraordinary, but it's like, it's very subjective, right? Like who gets to define whether or not my art is extraordinary or whether or not me as a person or the artists in the show as people are extraordinary, right? Like that's, it's up to whoever's reading the application. Yeah, you know, so it's, 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 it's tough. It's the same thing with my situation. I yeah. should be able to apply for something called National Interest Waiver. Yeah. And I can't do it because my, my, my migration status, but... I was lucky enough to be invited, and of course I invited other people, was the whole group that I created a long time ago called Only Angel Listrical Mecca, which is a non-for-profit now too, that we do the other festivals and things like that. But we did perform at the National Library of Congress in nice. 2009. That's so great. that exemplary, extraordinary thing is there. Absolutely. But it depends to like who and everything. So I can't do right. anything. We did perform too at the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. We did that. That's amazing. And, and like, okay, it's one-time opportunity. We don't do it every month or every week or every year. And that's why your extraordinary things go down. Right, right. So it's, it's, it's like I was watching this little documentary here and there in YouTube. And was this guy explaining about migration, migration. It has different tubes with different colors, different bubbles representing people and everything else. Mm. And the taller is the people who need more. And the shorter is the people who need less for more economical possibilities. Yeah. And that's what he said. Mostly these people will get choose first. Yep. And the ones they need more, we will see how many. They we have some, but not yeah. really. So we we get first all the what we need because it's yep. economical migration. Yeah, absolutely. Economical migration impacts so many people's lives in a very negative way. In a very negative way. And I think a lot of folks don't understand just how classist and elitist it is in some uh, application processes for the folks that are being accepted are folks who, like you said, need less in the process. Well, and also comes the other problem that we are mixed neighbors. Some people are more neighbors. Not everybody's Hispanic or Latino. Even they speak yeah. Spanish. They were forced to speak Spanish. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they have to migrate. And now when they come to the United States, they just have to be in that category. People get confused and everything, you know, and like, mm. oh, yeah, now I have to be Hispanic and Latino and whatever else in, the, in my town. I never really heard that before. Right. And even that now English is going to be my second language because I don't even really speak too much Spanish or Castellano or whatever because some people come from some type of village like whatever they want to call the United States reservation will be the same example really because they're yeah. in that situation too that's why they have to migrate and come here yeah. so that's what I have invested my other work to and a lot of awareness of indigenous people it has worked now because I'm telling you that like other three dance Aztec dance groups here in Philadelphia there are three celebrations now and all that it's amazing if you can see how people can get inspired by something that happened and maybe 
it is what it is. That's like telling you wasn't the data have to assume things like that. Thank you for that. But yeah, I really, really stand for saying that we are not really all Hispanic and Latinos. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah, and, and besides agree. that, you have the other people who like, listen, I, I, I don't think Hispanic and Latino represent me because I don't it's look true. that stereotype. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I know, I don't look the stereotype. <laughs> but sometimes the museums make mistakes. The archaeology anthropology museum, I told it to them one time, you put in a, a, a flyer or something about the Hispanic or something or whatever, and when they have the face, they have the Mayan faces or something mm. so it's, it doesn't really go with what, what it is it's sometimes institutions do because it goes again to whoever is reading it interpreting it and take the leading role or take a decision in the situation but yeah Absolutely. so that's the other thing I have been behaving to to try to educate some people and somebody told me one time and it was true but it's okay and you know my other thing was like sometimes you have to break the window first and you have to be blamed and somebody will mm. hate you <laughs> and that's okay that's real <laughs> that's their problem they yeah. hate you because that's their problem but yeah. yeah you know somebody told me I should be careful and I said thank you but yeah you know but still maybe I like to get a smack it sometimes too <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh my goodness no, I, I appreciate that. And, and I appreciate you taking time to explain those things. Thank you. No, that's, that's really wonderful. So you mentioned three Aztec dance groups in the No, city. I think so. Yeah, there are three. Are you, are you part of these groups? We all come from the same seed. <laughs> okay. And like the tree grows and has fruits and the fruits spread their seeds. You know, people do things. I participate with sometimes with them. But the other problem it is uh, Mexico has been very divided and homogenized. Oh, yeah. And yeah. people get confused. Some people really think that uh, what we know about Mexico it is what it is. So, what I try to say, some people mix on Catholic or something. Other people have another type of beliefs. And other people may have another personal interest. Absolutely. And uh, people break in different ways and go in different uh, situations in their lives. But yeah, yeah. I mean, but also, um, people take a lot of the Aztec dance as a higher spirituality, and all depends about your concept of spirituality. But sometimes mm -hmm. I see, and when we see on the circles of dance, that spirituality sometimes get a little bit bumped into some other type of situations. Mm -hmm. And to me, uh, I do Vipassana meditation. That's something I have been done for almost 21 years, 20 years now. Wow. My first course was August 1999. So 20 years ago, I took my first Vipassana course, which is silence meditation and breathing. It's nothing about my culture, but it's universal. It's not sectarian, not dogmatic, and talks to you just about the law, nature, karma, and all that kind of stuff. And I understand it because some of the native people talk about the same situation, that nothing is yours, you know, like whatever the seed you put on the ground, the thing happened. And with the time, I grew up personally, and I left some of the things behind, like mm. the... What is a ritual for you, according to what? I told to one person one time, yes, I can come around, get some red sand color, make a circle, sit myself on the center and peel a potato. And that's my ritual, how to peel a potato. So it depends what is a ritual. If you're going to follow uh, people just because say so and you never question yourself, or you're going to believe because people say so and you never question yourself, or try to dig a little bit if that makes sense, I don't really see what is the spirituality going to. Mm. So, you know, uh, people are still going to dance into some churches in USA about Aztec dance, 
And that was in Mexico, but for different things. The Spanish destroyed whatever called temples or pyramids or teocalis, the buildings of the Aztec people at the time, and they built churches on top of there. So people was going to dance mm. there, but because other things, when they tried to cover the tradition with the so-called conchero tradition, but things change. Yeah. And if you come here to the United States and dance in a church, I don't understand it. Just because, and everybody loved the Virgin of Guadalupe, and there's always contradictions about that, and even was another artist in Mexico that make uh, some version of Virgin de Guadalupe in Cuatlicue's culture, and the people complain, because they, they say we have the right to set so What, the artist doesn't have the right to set something so? Mm. And other people sometimes, the other thing is like about the Mexican independence. They say, sure, but guess what? Why you speak Spanish if we have an independence from Spain? Mm. Why we don't speak a native language from Mexico? Why you are outside of your country and you want to know, you cannot go back or you don't want to go back? Mm. So it's a lot of things that sometimes, for, for me, it's more than just a dance, it's a movement, it's a personal movement, it's, oh, a, group, it's a group up thing. And not everybody's ready sometimes. And some people, maybe they could say I'm more advanced in spirituality because I know the language and I know all the dances and I went all these years to all these things that everybody did every year. But I mean, yeah, sure. Not because your dad was a doctor, you can be a doctor. Not because you walk the steps of somebody else, you will have the same knowledge experience as somebody else who walk or something like that. So it's all that kind of things, you know, the, on the spirituality way, I let it go all that. And I try to do something else as an artist. I may do something else later. And that's the evolution as an artist too, because art, artists create, right? Absolutely. And if, if, even you're just a painter, you always paint something different. Even as a portrait, it's always a different person. Yeah. I have to create something different, something with my life, you know? Um, yeah, definitely. Also, I have one more year of my life living in a country that wasn't born. Mm. So that's a different challenge for my life. Yeah. You know, let's say, like a lot of people sometimes said, well, Bruco is a gringo because he speaks English. Mm. <laughs> no, I've definitely heard that a uh, Yankee. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely been called that <laughs> before. Uh, so so it's, it's, it's a situation yeah. when you talk about that, especially when you talk about whatever heritage people want to hold. Yeah. You know, like we have the mulatos, we have, I mean, if I'm going to say it in a Mexican way, we have the Afro-Mexican, the Mexican-Chinese, the Irish-Mexicans, the, oh, and also a lot of people think they're Hispanic and Latino, and they are Jewish descendants. Mm. That's the other, and Arabic descendants, too. But because they're born in a country here now, that's called Latin America or something, or they speak Spanish, Hispanic and Latino and blah blah blah. They are Germans who assume that situation too. Absolutely. So it's it's complex. <laughs> yeah, and and I feel like I feel like on this side of the border there isn't uh, as deep conversations about the complexity of identity within like South America, Central America, and the Spanish speaking Caribbean as there could be, as there should be, as there needs to be. Yeah. Well, if you have a last name of Ramirez, Gonzalez, Valdivia, Zapatero, Carpintero, I have a last name, Hernandez, Hernandez. I mean, yeah. what is adopted, adopted from Hernan Cortez, from Hernan people, so, that, you know, I, I don't hold my original name. Usually, my grandmother yeah. was lucky. Her name was Maria Antonia Carrizo Tlaxcalteco, from the Tlaxcalan Indians. Mm. So she still have that name. That's how I behave, too, and I respect that, yeah. you know by political situations when you're born, you have some other names from the people, you know, yeah, my dad, absolutely. whatever else, I could, we could not hold that name. But the idea or the respect to that is 
very cold inside of me. Because also, <laughs> a lot of people ask me if I grew up uh, in a very nice life. No, not really. Like, uh, personally, I never met my mother. I don't have a picture. I grew up with my grandmother, the, uh, my dad's mother. And that was kind of my family with the half-brothers family from my dad's same mother, different father. Mm. And cousins here and there. But, you know, when you are on your house and you are little, it's just, that's your surrounds, right? Absolutely. So my life never was like that. You know, I never really went to college. I never really studied a lot of things. I finished whatever is called secondary in Mexico, which is not even high school in USA. Uh, tried to take my GED here. Let's see if it works. I tried to go back to school in other places in Europe and somewhere else, and they don't take me because I never finished whatever is called a bachelor's in Mexico. So it's a GED or high school in USA. So I totally outside artists. I totally outside. Uh, uh, some people even has been calling me that I look. I think like a, uh, sorry, I use the word educational, but no, it's um, when it's institutional, as I said, like university point of view. But no, you know, I just is the way how I have to behave, the way how I learn yeah, to behave. Yeah, how to navigate things. Yeah, yeah, but no, I never really. I mean, I took these opportunities to take some courses and not for profit management and things like that and. Then you see a lot of people that supposedly are more professional, so behave professional, and you just, just kind of maybe assume that you have to behave the same, but you don't have to be the same. Yeah. So that's what I did, and that's what kind of lucky enough to do some other things. But yeah, it has been a challenge too, you know. I don't really grow up with support or any other kind. If I did it, maybe I will have other type of artistic life. Uh, mm. But in some way, no, because my dad used to love a lot of music. That's why I do radio and all that. And he used to be a singer. In some ways, somehow he was a good one, okay. but I don't know why he stopped. So he never really helped me to do anything. If he maybe did help me, but so it's it's like that. But also, I say in that not like to feel sorry, but it's like people can do it. Yeah, you know. And I did it in some way. I feel happy we have done, but it's not easy. But yeah, I mean, people can. You know, it's like you know, if you are hearing this and you are struggling with a lot of things, just let me tell you that yeah, just. just Hold it and you can, you know. Vipassana has been helping me a lot in some things. People want to research about that meditation. It's a very good thing to help uh, people that not just struggle with things from the past, but also to deal with everyday life. Because as soon as you're getting older, yeah. <laughs> everything gets crooked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate your, your outlook on things too. I yeah, appreciate you. you reaching out to encourage other people in the midst of their situations that they're dealing with from your own personal experiences and stuff. So thank you. This has been a really great conversation. I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate your artistry. I appreciate your genius outside of these systems, um, you know, that, that kind of seek to oppress folks, you know, <laughs> a lot of times. A lot of times they really, really do. Um, so I thank you. I thank you for speaking about that and for being honest about identity politics as well, not only in the United States, but also within like Latin America and Spanish-speaking countries. So thank you. Well, thank even you. I talked to you about a little bit Europe, I don't finish saying, but when I tried to contact Spain about school, they were kind of racist. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, it's in the struggles, I told you, the struggle is real, you know, and people have to assume that we are not really in times to keep saying this is me. Oh yeah. You know, it's yeah. like this is what we are, because yeah. when you come when you become to be an individual, it's so much harder for you to do things. But of course, we are individuals. Absolutely. You cannot forget that. But you know, everybody need about something, everybody here and there or something, you know. Like even, I say that because even me living as an outsider with no family in the United States, I have a lot of friends that when I have hard times, yeah, I can reach the people. 
but it took years to create a friendship. They, yeah, they saw network, me the struggle yeah. too. They they saw when I was kind of homeless here and there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, even that, you know. So you know, I have been a dumpster out food. <laughs> I know the feeling. Selling the, the flea feeling. markets, whatever junk yeah. you can find on the street. Absolutely, absolutely. Trust me, I completely understand. <laughs> All right. Well, so, yeah. so thank you, everybody. It was a pleasure. And yeah, you know, check my website, brujodelamancha.com. You can Google Brujo de la Mancha in Google search. You will find more videos, information about me. Other people talk about me too. And yeah, appreciate everything and uh, thanks for the opportunity. And uh, yeah, so good luck with everything you do too. Oh, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Good luck to you as well. Thank you so much to everybody out there that's listening. You can listen to this podcast on Art Blog or on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Thanks again to 40th Street Air for allowing us to use the gallery to record this episode of Art Blog Radio. And that's it for today. Bye, y'all.